He'll be at Memorial Gym tonight. There's a big one. Okay. Vanderbilt in Tennessee. Oh, ooh. You know, Fun stuff. Kind of a big basketball yeah. game. Kevin, what's going on? Oh, not a lot. Just hanging out, getting ready for a football. Should be a fun night tonight over at Memorial. Like you said, big game for both teams, really. That was a nice response. They needed that win over the weekend after what happened in Tuscaloosa, right? That's a nice bounce back. Yeah, it really was. It was one of those games where no matter how it happened or who you're playing or how you won, whether you won by 20 or won by one point, you just had to get it done and get a win, and they were able to. It was a nice bounce back. and You know, it was games. Like, it went back and forth. There were like 20 lead changes, but then finally Vanderbilt kind of built that little working margin there with about a minute left and uh, got to the finish line. So, yeah, it was kind of a feel-good win, especially after the uh, the events of last Tuesday in Tuscaloosa. You've been around Vanderbilt Athletics for a long time, and I, I'm certainly not trying to drudge up you know, bad experiences or games, but they've had their, let's just say, fair share in all in all sports. You've been on the Vanderbilt sidelines of football and certainly basketball, so you're you're aware of the, of the lay of the land. That that one, and by the way, that wasn't the crazy thing is it wasn't even the worst loss, but that was just one of those games from jump. It was like rut row. This this thing ain't coming back, right? That horse is gone. <laughs> it's like nine farms over. It's not coming back. Yeah, that was that was a tough one in Alabama, and even in the first half, you know, you had Jordan Wright and Liam Robbins is his first game back after missing four games with a foot injury, and he comes back, and him and, uh, and Jordan Wright collided yep. and both uh, had head injuries, and Jordan came back and tried to play a little bit, and Liam came back in the second half, but it was one of those games where, like, Vanderbilt scored the first five points, and Alabama went on about a 21-0 run, and it just felt like everything Alabama threw up there went in, and everything Vanderbilt did went wrong, and um, I think it got to a point where you're just kind of like trying to get the game over with and get on to the next one. But, yeah, it was it was one of those nights. And, and, you know, and Alabama was coming off a game where they had lost big against oh, yeah. Oklahoma the game before. So you knew those guys were going to be sure. fired up and ready to play, and they certainly were. That, that had to be one of their best performances of the season. They hit 19 threes, and Vanderbilt went three out of 30 from three, and that's not a good recipe. How good is Alabama, seeing them up close and personal? Like, are they legit – yeah, they're good, Darren. Uh, I've seen them twice, and we played them in Nashville, and and played them okay. They got ahead by like twenty three, and Vanderbilt cut it down to six at the end. But yeah. you know, and the game in Tuscaloosa was what it was. But I've seen Alabama play lots of times, other than just the games that Vanderbilt's played them, and boy, they're fun to watch for one thing. And Brandon Miller, uh, the freshman from Antioch, is is spectacular, and I got to think he's going to be not only SEC Player of the Year, but I, I figure he'll probably be first team All American or close to it anyway. Um, he, he's really a special player, and he's just really hard to deal with with all the stuff he does. Uh, he shoots at such a high percentage from three, but he can drive and get to the rim, and uh, he just kind of lets the game come to him. And they have just a lot of talented guys. They have a lot of young guys. Uh, freshmen make up about half their scoring, and, and newcomers make up over 70% of their scoring. But uh, it feels like the, the Nate Oates has a, a nice recipe. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing that could do them in, you've seen it over the years, teams that are heavy on shooting threes, you get in a tournament and you have a bad cold. game or yep. somebody yep. somebody locks you down or you get cold and all of a sudden you you, you, you play 40 minutes and you're going home. So uh, that, that's one sort of caveat to what Alabama does. But they're, they're, they've had a fantastic season and they've beaten some really good teams along the way. And the game against Oklahoma it was just a real head-scratcher. It felt like they – uh, got pushed around a little bit in that game uh, against the Sooners, but they've they've come back and they're just fine since then. And uh, that's the one thing missing from their their resume for that program is getting to the Final Four. They've had lots of good individual players over the years, but never have been able to really uh, win that next game and get to the uh, 
to the uh, final four on that Saturday. Isn't that crazy to think about? Right? Like they people don't realize they they have had their moments, right? I mean, you know this whether it was Godfrey or Wim Sanders, I mean, they, the guys, the coaches they've had, they've had some talented teams, and to know that they've never been able to get to that final leg of the NCAA tournament is pretty amazing. It really is, you know. And I made this comparison. Lots of people compare Alabama football to Kentucky basketball with just the tradition of those programs, but I think it's almost about as interesting to to compare Alabama basketball to Kentucky football, and that. Both the programs have had lots of good individual players over the years and lots of guys that went on to become terrific pros and have long careers either in the NBA or NFL and in football's case. But neither one of them have had that just big-time team success, at least not in a long time. And, yeah, for Alabama, you think about some of the guys that have played there and you go back to go back to the 80s and you think about Derek McKee and Latrell Sprewell and Robert Ory and uh, Jim Farmer and all, all those great players that, that have played there over the years. And you think about those Hollywood Robinson and some of those dudes from the early 90s. And Just listen even to more those recent names. Times. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. golly. It's good stuff. Yeah, but, but, they, but they've never broken through. And, uh-uh. and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. But, you know, there have been tons of good players that have played there over the years. You know, Kevin, they, we were working at the same place. They sent me out to Phoenix. I covered – that region where Vanderbilt and Alabama were there against that UConn team yep. that I swear to you could have beaten an NBA team. I mean, when they came out of the court, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. You know, that yeah. team went on to win it all. They were they were ridiculous. Yeah, there, it wasn't any uh, surprise that in 2004 that UConn team won it all because they, they were, you know, some, some years you look at the tournament and you say, you could play this tournament 10 times and have 10 different winners. And some years you could play the tournament, you could play it 10 times and have the same, same winner. winner. That, was one, of, <laughs> yes, that was. was one of those years. It was a couple of years ago, it was like that with Villanova, where I said, you know what, no matter how many times you played this tournament, Villanova would win. Now, this year might be one of those years where if you played the tournament a whole bunch of times, you'd have a lot of different winners. But yeah, I think it's really going to be interesting when March gets here to see how this whole thing goes down. Kevin's probably heard this story, Justin. I was sitting courtside next to Michael Wilbon for that for that regional in, in Phoenix. <laughs> and he was laughing because I called the guys that I was working with at the time, George and Willie, who were Vandy grads, Vandy mm-hmm. guys. Yes. And when Heavily. I'm sitting courtside and I saw UConn come out and warm up, I called them each one and I was like, I don't want to be the bear of bad news. This is going to be – this is not going to go well. This for is Vanderbilt. not going to happen. Like tonight. I'm looking at this UConn team. I'm looking. I'm and telling they you, they are scary. And there Wilbon, are giants in the land. Because I was kind of having to talk loud. Because it's loud. You're courtside. You're down there, right? You're at the NCAA tournament. You know, the winner is going to be in the Final Four or the or the or lead eight of this game. So I'm having to talk real loud. And Wilbon is kind of snickering over there because I'm calling these Vandy guys, and I'm like, I do, look, I'm not trying to be mean, but. They ain't no way in hell they're beating that team. Okay, mm. I'm looking at them. They ain't beating that team. Mm. <laughs> I, I've, I've been that way before too. Like we went to the tournament with Belmont a whole bunch of times when I was there, and mm. you know most most years I kind of have a way in my head that I think you know there's a path to victory that if you hit so many threes or you know whatever, and in a lot of those games, you know Belmont played really well, or maybe even in the case of Duke, or uh, played really well against Virginia too in the tournament. I had a chance to win, but there was one year when we played against Georgetown. And I remember kind of having that same sort of feeling that I looked out there and said, I don't think there's a way we can win this game. Look at these dudes, man. We're screwed. <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask, before we completely leave the Alabama game, put it in the review, 
Um, there is, of course, the opportunity. No, that- we can't. My bad. I didn't mean to take us down that rabbit hole, but I, I mean, did. listen. I, I did. I, um, there's an opportunity here that that Vanderbilt could see Alabama again coming up here in the SEC tournament. If that is the case, Willie. Oh, Willie, sorry. Darren did this to me. Darren, Darren did that. I'm sorry, Kevin. That's you're gonna that's blame this Darren's segment fault. on me, aren't I'm you? I'm gonna blame it on Darren. I'm sorry, Kevin Ingram. I know who you are, good sir. Um It's okay. I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> Willie's my guy, so that that's all good. <laughs> if if the Commodores run into the Crimson Tide again, uh will there be a little bit extra uh in their tank to try to make sure that uh, what happened uh, a couple of weeks ago was truly just, uh, you know, a fluke kind of experience. Will there be something to prove for this team? Yeah, I'm sure there will be uh, if they got to that point and played them in the SEC tournament. And it, it actually would be a good thing because it would mean that Vanderbilt would have won at least one game to get to that point mm. uh, to face the Crimson Tide again. And Vanderbilt played them in the tournament last year and beat them down in Tampa and made a nice comeback. So. Mm. Yeah, you, 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 there's no telling how some of these uh, postseason games go or who you're going to play or, or how it might uh, match up. But, yeah, I think, I'm think i sure there's a part of these guys that wouldn't mind uh, seeing them again and just kind of uh, showing them that uh, it wasn't quite as bad as what it was last Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, the head coach here for, for, for the Commodores, Jerry Stackhouse, has, has talked about the fact that after that – I thought you were going to call him Willie. No, I was Willie not. Stackhouse. No, I was not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> the – they just want to. The goal right now is to get a winning record here uh, by the end of the end of the year. I mean, that's that's really what they want to try to accomplish here with the rest of the season. Uh, how does that play into how they approach each game here? Is it really one game at a time, or is it more of a well, we can lose this one, then we gotta you know win the next one because the goal is to come out post five hundred here, plus five hundred. Yeah, I, I, th- I think each each game is sort of its own deal. Um, you, you can't really get ahead of yourself, especially in the SEC when you play tough teams every time out. Um, I think the one good thing about the, the schedule is for February is you, you played Alabama twice, and uh, after tonight you'll be done with Tennessee and still got Kentucky one more time uh, at, the, at the start of March. And You, know, you, you look down the, the road, and, and all the games are difficult in the SEC no matter who you're playing, but you look at some of them and say, okay, maybe we have more of an opportunity in, in some of these. So, And, and I think uh, Coach Dachau feels like that well, this group – even you throw out that performance against Alabama, you look at a lot of the other SEC games that Vanderbilt's played and really have played well in most of the games. Uh, the shots haven't always gone in, but uh, they've been competitive and had a chance. Uh, I know the game at Missouri felt like one could have certainly uh, won out there and, and played pretty well against Tennessee the first time. Uh, go down the line, there's a couple more that, that were like that. Um, but I, I think he feels like, okay, the stretch runs maybe setting up for this team to, to do some damage, make some noise, and you know, have an opportunity like tonight to you play Tennessee, and it's a rivalry game, and those things are you know get cranked up a little bit more when you play those type games. So uh, I think they feel like this team uh, has a run left in it. Uh, so much of basketball is just a make or miss game at times. I know it sounds really simple, but it's it's true. Um, you see some three pointers go in, and it's sort of the great equalizer. Sometimes you play teams that uh, might have an advantage over you in other areas. So yeah, we'll see how it goes, but. Uh, He's still got got seven more games to play here in the regular season, and uh, that that many more opportunities to try to get something done. Kevin, I have to give you credit. The last time you were with us, uh, you talked about one of the biggest flaws with this particular team is they don't have anybody that can create shots 
uh, on their own, a a one-on-one score. And I have to admit, I've been watching carefully since you said that. And you are absolutely right, sir. Uh, It it just isn't there. And even in the last win they had, you know, just looking at the box score here, no one scored over 15 points, and they scored as a team over 70 points. Uh, I mean, this is something that – it's really a, a, a tactic, I guess, for them is to try to spread the scoring around because they don't have that dominant guy. Yeah, they, they certainly don't have a guy like Scottie Pippen Jr. last year where you know he's going to get his 20 pretty much every game. Um, I, I think that's probably what really, really what I was getting at, that uh, you know, he, could just, he could just create points by getting to the free throw line. and uh, they, They've had to learn and find their way without him this season. I, I think Leah Robbins has potential to be that guy and Everything can really run through him. He affects things so much, and you saw that when he was out for four games. Just how much you miss. Uh, it's not just you know throwing the ball to him inside and having him you know hit a jump hook or a fadeaway, and he's so deadly on those shots. But just the attention that he gets and the way he's kind of able to draw defenders off of other players or make a pass or set a screen and make things happen. Uh, he is just a guy who affects the game on both ends of the court. His shot blocking ability really good there. And, um, yeah, I think he had 19 and 12 last time, and he had a really nice performance out of Tyron Lawrence at 18 points and, and 10 rebounds, which is career high for him. But it, that, that game against Ole Miss, it, you know, like I say, it was close most of the way. But then you had about three or four really big buckets. You had Ezra Mignon score on a drive, and you had Trey Thomas hit a three that he he'd had his struggles the last couple games. But he saw that one bounce off the rim and fall in there for three, and sometimes that's what it takes to get you going. And Miles Studi hit a big wing three, and it felt like those particular shots were ones that helped Vanderbilt build that uh, working margin. And once they got ahead by 11 with less than a minute, that's hard to come back from. Ole Miss made a couple threes, but uh, they never were really able to, to get any closer. So, yeah, I think the scoring is being spread around a little more this season rather than just having the, the one focal point in Scotty Pippen Jr. like Vanderbilt had last year. No, you got to get in there and pick up your son from school uh, tonight, 6 o'clock at Memorial Gym. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks for the visit, as always. Hey, anytime, guys. Come by and see me. I will be there uh, pregame 530. So, yep, looking forward to it. Sounds good. Kevin Ingram, 530 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. Vanderbilt in Tennessee. Vanderbilt played them well.